0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Phil Cham Shanghai's P-Noise podcast, where we get to know more about our kababayans working and living in Shanghai. I am your host, Josh. And Jeff. And today, we are going to talk to Mr. John Calvin Yu, who is the marketing director of Signify, formerly Philips Lighting. He also launched uh, Hue, a digital innovation on lighting for smart homes. So let's begin. <music>
1: So let's start with,
2: when did you first arrive in China? Uh, good afternoon to you guys first. So, oh, yes. Don't worry. Good afternoon. Okay. I know you guys have been here for quite some time already, but this is a good series. Okay. Uh, I came in Shanghai in 2007, right before the Olympics. And that was also one of the reasons why the company sent me at the time was still Philips Lighting in the Philippines. They sent me here over uh, during the Olympics time because that was one of the growing uh, times of, uh, of China or of Shanghai. So uh, they sent me as an expat, and then I was working as a regional product manager at the time. Then over the years, at least least it's already, I would say, 13, 14 years, everything's going quite well.
1: And then when you came, what was the scope of the work, the nature of the work that you...
2: I was taking care of one part of a product division, and at the same time, it's for the Asia-Pacific region. And I think uh, at the time, it was more on sports lighting and professional lighting related so uh,
0: what were the things that you have noticed that changed over the years, having been here since 2007, 2008, and now that you're still here, 2021? Any major differences that, uh, from your perspective that you would like to share with our listeners?
2: Oh, this is a very good question because Shanghai is one of the places that you will say that has changed dramatically over the past 15 years. So how, why? Because I would say, first, infrastructure. Uh, when I came in 2007, you take the train, there's no high-speed railways. You can see chickens in the train stations. You even uh, have to sweat and queue for hours just to get your train tickets. If I look at it now, you just have to buy it from your phone. You just go there 15, 20 minutes before, and you can even sit on a nice first-class or second-class uh, train. So that's on infrastructure. Second, I would say in terms of food That's also a very interesting topic because my passion also is is related more to food, at least on a personal note. On food, you can see it's a very diverse place right now. Uh, You see it's a melting pot of all different Chinese cuisines, and that was true back then, but now it's even going high-end. You have now more Michelin stars in Shanghai than the rest of the parts of China or even parts of Asia. And at the same time, if you look at the the quality of the food that people are, are going into, now you get more diversity. Not only diversity in terms of Chinese cuisine, you now get more uh, different nationalities also coming to Shanghai. You get Peruvian food here. You get Spanish, Italian. Then now you can even get South African food. Where else in the world can you find a melting pot like this? So I think that's the second part. And the third part is technology. Shanghai... If 10, 15 or 13 years ago, if you talk about China, everybody is saying, oh, China oh, is a little bit backwards, you know, but it's just factories after factories. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a misnomer or misconception, because if you talk about Shanghai, the technology of what we're enjoying now progress so fast because we can buy anything with our smartphone. Mm-hmm. We can be tracked even with our smartphone. And at the same time, we can just buy everything by just sitting at our home and then uh, using our phone. And that's why I can go out of the house now without carrying any cash. So that is also one of the interesting things that Shanghai uh, has to offer.
1: And you, I mean, it's been a long journey for you here, right? And so when you came to China, what has been your initial challenges uh, that you face, whether it's from a professional standpoint or a personal standpoint?
2: Uh, the challenge, I would say, is integration. I, I have seen people come and go in China yeah. or in Shanghai. People normally here are two to three years. It can be Pinoy's or foreigners. But the reason, for the one of the challenges, there are a lot of little habits that you might not enjoy. You know, so to be frank, people are spitting on the floor, you know, or, or, or there's a lot of different habits that we're not used to. Uh, so if you are... Coming here with the eyes, then it's very difficult to adjust. The moment will change when you say, oops, okay, I'll forget what I was used to, but I will be starting to enjoy, integrate myself to the culture, to the people, and, and understand what is their language and culture, right. understand their food, understand their habits. Then you will start seeing, oh, the world is changing. You'll start enjoying it much more. And that's, I think, the difference of people who want to work here longer, I think you need to get integrated. If you feel you don't want to get integrated but rather just experience it, then that's fine.
0: Looking back, uh, did you think that you were going to stay here for that long? Or initially, was it just a temporary thing? Or did you
2: really see yourself staying here for a very long time? Uh, No, I thought two years, I'm done, get the experience. Make a tick box, you know, I, I've been to other countries, been to Singapore, check, been to China, check, and then we move on, put it on a nice resume and done. Oh, then I didn't realize, oh, it's now more than 13, 14 years of time mm-hmm. here. And then Just like go? for the most of us. Just like for <laughs> the most of us, correct.
1: And it's interesting, you mentioned about integration, right? I wanted to know what have you integrated or what have you embraced Um, whether it's new attitude, new ways of doing things, now that you've been in China for this long?
2: Uh, So on on work part, integration is you need to understand uh, the dynamics of the people because here the setting is you need to understand the motivation of each of the different functions you work with. So that is one in terms of integration. And you need to understand the social dynamics behind social dynamics to cut it short. Yeah, basically, once. you need to know which belongs to who, mm-hmm. which tree, right? So that is on work to survive. Uh, while on, on, on personal side, it's about to get to know the locals, to get to know the people here, get to know their food, their language, their, their terroir, you know, the, the industries they work for. And I think that that will go a long way. And for me, I use food as always the... Because that's more universal and understanding, appreciating the food of the people, you know, that's and you ask questions, you listen, and that's where you will really get more and more integrated in the, in, 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 with the country.
0: We're going to ask more about food later on, but I, I would just like to know a little bit more about you uh, and the digital innovation and lighting for smartphones. If you can like uh, just share with our listeners, what exactly do we do with this
2: one? Yeah. So basically, I would say it's a transition. That's just one of the examples of uh, uh, digital innovation. Uh, it is basically, it's a in in the past, if you see lighting, you just control it with a switch. Right now, it's turning into digital age where I can control anything using my phone. So I can control the. Oh, I can turn it on and off. I can uh, you know change the dimming levels. If I'm not at home, I can control my lighting at home as well. So these are the type of things that you can use with your smartphones, but that is just a start. I think it's now in a revolution in the lighting industry or electronics industry where everything is turning to smart and electronic. You can see that happening in smart cars as well, and that's what's happening in lighting because the division the of home use of electronics is it's all connected with the device, with one device. So that's happening. So you want to watch TV. You want to watch your sound so everything can be controlled and integrated with one experience. Do you think this is something that we can apply uh, in the Philippines anytime soon? Or, no. Or uh, how do you see it? It will take time. I think we will need the backbone in infrastructure. But if you talk about Philippines, if we want to make the change, we honestly, the country, both private and also government laws, should steer towards to... Uh, more entrepreneurial laws, right? Let's talk about China also because why China has transitioned so fast in the past past years, past decade, it's because their laws are very entrepreneurial friendly. If you want to get into China, Mm. you want to get into uh, uh, IoT or digital age, or you have a startup idea, look at what's happening with TikTok, right? These are all small startups that got bigger is because their entrepreneurial laws allow them to do that. You know, you can get started small, you can get big. There are private funding or government funding being uh, flown or being uh, uh, invested into these companies. We don't have much that backbone in the Philippines. In the Philippines, it has to be asset first and then you need to have assets. So if you want a startup, you have a good idea. You need to have a strong, big capital in the Philippines. Here, have a great idea, float it around, you can start to start, You can get started. And I think that's maybe one of the shifts that we need to have back home. And we need to bring more capital back to the Philippines to get started.
1: No, I mean, I think the other enabler here in China is you also have a lot of willing investors, yeah. uh, you know, to, to make it happen. And the other thing would be, if you look at even the laws in China, they're quite protected. I mean, they also try to ensure, you know, the protection of like the local you know, companies Indeed. In, in here, yeah, in here. Yeah.
0: in um, in terms of your industry as a filipino uh what do you think are the barriers to like making it in shanghai it's, again it's it's specific to your industry um do you think that uh, there there was no difference in uh you being filipino or uh, is there like uh, a challenge being Filipino as when it comes to like the industry that you're in?
2: Electronics industry is not too much of a challenge being a Filipino. Uh, because if you look at it, we have a lot of good engineering schools in the Philippines. Uh, that, I think, is one of the advantages. We can speak good English. There's a good logic of uh, thinking as well. The only challenge is... Being creative, innovative, or having that entrepreneurial spirit—you want to be here. Uh, the difference also in China is you need to be entrepreneurial. You need to break or stretch the boundaries uh, in the in electronics industry to to survive. And I think that's also one thing, uh, uh, one of the challenge. I would say to set yourself apart from the others is to take that, uh, to take that, uh, to take that mindset.
1: And it's interesting because when you talk about entrepreneurial spirit, right? Or the thinking, can you expand more on that? Because a lot of the misconceptions people have is to be an entrepreneur is to own you know, a business, right? Correct. You know, or, but in a way, while that's true, it's also a mindset. So I wanted to get your view on this.
2: Okay. See, correct. But I agree with you. A lot of people when say, entrepreneur, oh, I have to open my own business. Yeah. Actually, it's not about opening your business, but rather it's actually a mindset. Correct. Wherein... What are the things, because it's not job, you no? If I want to make it happen, people, we, we always have the wall in between of being an entrepreneur and working for somebody else. Mm. The difference of why other people are, are succeeding is, or at least that's what I observe in where in the company I work with and looking at it on a global landscape is they succeed because they start thinking, okay, if this is my company. And if I stretch it next two, three years or three to five years, what's going to happen? Right, and that's where the entrepreneurial spirit comes in. Because how can I change the things, or where can I find value where other people haven't found the value? And that I think is more the entrepreneurial thinking that I mentioned that we start need to have. Because once you have that, then it's much easier to be successful in this field.
0: Aside from the uh, entrepreneurial mindset, is is there something, some traits that uh, you have? I, I'm, More of like had as a Filipino that you had to let go in order for you to survive and thrive here in China. Okay,
2: letting go uh, is more of being stuck as you know everything has to be told. You know, Mm. we're used to in our schools. You know, step one, step two, step three. Mm -hmm. You do that and then basically you submit it. No, here no. Basically, you need to. But the Filipino trait, I will i'll turn it around what is the filipino trait that i used to survive or to to be successful or thrive here is being resilient being filipino we are very uh we are very resilient people calamities happen Mm -hmm. we will get through it we're still smiling right that's what what keeps you alive because there will be adversities there's problems and being filipino i think that that's one of the traits that, that i would say carried me all through these years is basically you know with difficulties happening crisis happening you know what i can get through it you know you, you move on one of the filipino traits that we have is the love
0: for food so let's shift the conversation there you mentioned john that you uh uh you're a foodie so uh, tell us more about like the foodie experiences that you have here in shanghai
2: yeah, so uh, that's a good question because in the, this more my eyes sparkle when I talk about things, yeah. not about <laughs> my work more. Yeah, so your eyes are more. sparkling right now. <laughs> we can see it. <laughs> well, I will say that one, one of the reasons is here in, in Shanghai, you got introduced to a lot of different flavors, right? As I mentioned earlier, it's like a melting pot. You get to try a lot of different cuisines and also from different uh, countries as well. Uh, for me, it's because also in Philippines, we have a lot of different food, different flavors, you know, different ways of cooking. And I think I missed that partly, and then that's why here in, in in China I see that happening. And there's so many I, because I like to experience food based on the local terroir, right? So let's say if you go to Yunnan, there's Yunnan mushrooms, and those are specialty grown mushrooms there that uh, that that you can you can find different ways of, of how to cook it. And I think that's uh, that's one of the passion that uh, that I, that I enjoy finding those little uh, you know. Bits and nuggets of where, where the food comes from and understanding the source all the way to your plate. And I think there's even a concept now being popular of farm to table concept. And in Philippines, I think we can do this a lot because we have so much farms. So much farm, yeah. And we have so much different terroir from the different, uh, from different uh, places. That's, uh, that's becoming one of the popular things now in Shanghai. Oh. So that it's a good business concept that you know we can uh, have in mind. Farm
1: to table. Yep.
2: We now need to think of infrastructure, though, how to get it fast. <laughs> Here we can do a tea, Uh For those listening yes, out there, quite yes, yes. in China is basically the infrastructure is so good that it's all well connected from highways to small roads they're all well connected and i think in philippines we that's one of the things so once we get connected i think uh, yeah. it will build the infrastructure very fast because
1: in the philippines from farm to table by the time it gets to the table
2: the far, the, 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 the producer already, already uh, uh, is, right, yeah. spoiled yeah, yeah, right. spoiled so, so and it's a hot place
1: correct exactly and then you were talking about food right i can i, I can see the sparkle in the eyes what do you think are the uh, i would say the undiscovered dishes um here right so if, for instance i'll go back like shanghai it's all the typical dishes like you know the the fatty meat and all that what do you think are some of the new dishes that are really good but not perhaps not as popular
2: do you know what in china there are caviar and not as expensive as the russian caviar so ah, that's on the high okay. end I, you don't even have to pay a lot there are even lobsters or abalone that you don't have to pay so much money and where do you get those? homa uh, you can even uh-huh. buy in homa okay. You can yeah. already use your phone, and then you can deliver. You can even order lobsters straight to your to your door now yeah. in thirty yeah. minutes. That's what, and you can cook, and it's probably uh, costs, uh way way less. So. Did that, those are the different uh, dishes because if you talk about food, right, before coming to China before, if you talk about exotic food, we will think of dogs and snakes that people are eating or even bats, <laughs> right? But now, actually, if you really see, you go deeper beyond the, the noise, beyond the PR noise outside, you understand a little bit more, oh, there's a, a lot of different cuisines actually in China. Mushrooms area. is one, different area have good mushrooms. So these are also quite, uh, quite interesting to understand and learn. So do you spend more time eating at restaurants on a weekly basis or do you prepare or just uh, I deliver? do both. I do okay, both. Okay. I do both. So basically, I now treat eating out outside as an investment. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> that, to justify, a different way of putting just, it. Just to justify your spending, <laughs> right? And then you learn how they do it, right? Okay. You learn how they cook it. You all know what they mix and then you start learning if, Start looking for the local producer or the supplier. Once you find so the supplier, then you order. So that's a competitive, competitive check.
1: That's a competitive understanding. Yeah. Yeah. But it's
2: more for your personal uh, personal gain. Especially after getting married, it's more expensive to go out. So then at least you have days where you can stay at home and cook. Yeah. You play with your passion
1: and then save money. Correct. For the correct. whole family.
2: Correct. Yeah. Correct.
1: And what would be the top three, like, you know, your signature dish, if you will? Oh, cooking. A,
2: yeah. Uh, signature dish. That's going to be tough.
1: Or the thing that brings
2: the most joy or enjoyment for the whole family? I don't know. I will say I, I like experimenting. Basically, you copy and learn, you dissect it. Yeah. You yeah. know, maybe it's also because I work in the electronics industry, you do a lot of value engineering. So basically, when you look at it, you know, you look at the dish, what did they do? You try to replicate. If I can replicate it well, I will say that's the success. So let's say you grill chicken, you oven it, then you're happy or, you know. So. I that's more the the interesting part of it. You haven't really answered his question,
0: though, because we're interested
2: to know what are your top
0: three. Dishes. top three dishes. We're expecting, yeah, dishes. We're expecting okay. you to yeah. prepare it for so, us.
2: Um, yeah. I, I would say grilled chicken is one. Number two, I would say uh, maybe like a gambas. You know? Okay, okay. Three is lobster, I would say. And, and would what say has been three?
1: the weirdest food that you've... Tasted or attempted to eat in China? Oh, snake blood.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Snake and snake blood. Did you blood. drink it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my
1: father did. I couldn't. That is, uh, <laughs> like, that is very Are we warm. talking
2: about raw, yeah. uncooked yeah.
1: Yeah. snake so they, blood? Yeah, so they get the blood and then I think they mix it with the bile and put a bit of alcohol. Good and then you drink it like a bottle shot.
0: Egg. So what? what's it supposed to make you Keep, feel? It keeps you or, warm. For oh, winter, so okay, okay. and as with
1: anything and everything weird, it's supposed to stimulate the male. Stimulate, power. okay, let's yeah. keep uh, it. it at right. an yeah. Yeah. It's an aphrodisiac, basically. It's an
2: aphrodisiac. Yeah, ah. that's at least okay. to, what it was supposed to do, right? You know? That's at yeah. least the belief.
1: I have but a, but now I wait. try
2: to get away from exotic food, you know, that's happening. Yeah. Within, <laughs> right? you know, happening with that, the right? pandemic, right? Better get out, go for the safer one, the proven one.
0: We've been talking about different types of cuisines, different types of food. But uh, if we are to uh, try to sell like Filipino food in Shanghai, like uh, how, how, would, how would you do it? How would you do it? Knowing what you know about food and like, the experience that you have in terms of like, uh, different cuisines. If we want to promote our food or if we want to sell our food here to
2: a more global market, how do you think we should do it? So the traditional way where businesses are, people are buying Filipino produce today are mostly on fruits. And we are well known for that. And actually, China is one of the biggest consum- consumers of of, of importing a Filipino produce back to basically to China. But actually, where we should be looking at is going beyond the traditional fruits. Uh, Philippines has so much wide uh, Variety in our land is so rich that there is coffee being produced in Philippines. If you see a lot of coffee shops now, they're trying to find more unique and boutique yeah, sources beans. of yeah, yeah, beans, yeah. right? So Philippines, uh, Braco beans is actually very good, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, coffee, yeah. That is actually one. You put that in a nice espresso machine, mm, that's already a fantastic, uh, mm-hmm. fantastic coffee. So that's one. And I think we need to expand it even more on how to make use of a lot of the different uh, cocoa products, right? Okay. It's not just because coconut oil or coconut juice will not last farm to table. By the time it reaches here, the coconut juice is ready rancid. rancid. We need to think of a way how to, to process the different coconuts and produce and being able to ship it outside. And where is the, the, the growth coming from? Uh, health industry is happening right now. China's skin problems are also increasing. And coconut oil is one of the important ingredients to make skin look better. So there's that big demand. And if you want to eat coconut, yeah, there's so many ways of producing or putting it in food. So those are the, I would say, the easy ones that we should start looking at of bringing in. And thirdly, seafood. Seafood, we underestimate, we thought like in Philippines, these are common seafood. You know, escabeche, you know, yeah, you get yeah. a, a lot of uh, pampano or whatever, right? Uh, but then if you look at it, even sardines. Here, sardines are being served in tables expensively <laughs> or, or at least… Uh, uh, yeah, the Spanish sardines, right? right? Yeah. For us, it's very, very simple. But actually, we thought it's like, yes, an everyday food. But actually, there's also opportunities,
0: I
1: think i see a career for you the next is
2: FmB. actually i was about to yeah. ask you yeah.
0: is, is there like uh you know it looks like there will be a transition towards like Correct. Food and beverage. But, but
2: i'm already too old to just get started there i'm happy with uh, with my work you know keep it there i'm doing okay you know i can excel and thrive unless you have a passion it's like a concept of ikigai i'm not sure if you've heard yeah. of this concept yeah. ikigai. so the japanese have this concept of ikigai where you have a balance of everything. Basically, you're successful at what you do. It's what the world needs. Uh, it's what, what you can contribute to the world. And at the same time, it's something you can earn money. And at, this, at last, you enjoy life. So I would say, uh, yeah, that's a way to balance a uh, life. I mean, just to end the, our, our discussion, what is it that
1: brings ikigai to your life? Like, what is that philosophy that you've adapted
2: I will say it's being contented with what you have. Hmm. Uh, we always said that dream in the past, I think a lot of people also, right? They think like, oh, let me go to China, make some money. Or not only to, to China, but a lot of uh, OFWs, right? Like yeah. we, we went out, we go out just to make a lot of money. You know, at least we bring back home to, 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 to Philippines. I think there's still that motivation to make money and provide. But I think that ikigai part is sometimes you have to be content. If yeah. I have good enough... And I have enough time for myself, uh, for my family to enjoy life, I think that's good enough because that's always uh, more important rather than you work 24 hours a day. Sometimes we glamorize working and corporate uh, working uh, to 24 hours a day and we lose ourselves. So I, I think it's good time. to step yeah. back, enjoy life, take it easy, enjoy each step of the that's way. True. Wow, really good insights. There, there you have it guys, uh, Mr.
0: John Calvin Yu the future director of a food and beverage company in China. We're claiming it. No, you are not old enough to like start anew. You will make it happen. We know that. We enjoyed having you with us, and hopefully our fellow Filipinos have learned from the stories that you have shared and inspired them to make it happen here in China. Uh, before uh, we say goodbye or we let you go, is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners about a project that you're doing or something that uh, they might be interested in knowing more about you and your passion?
2: No, I think uh, we we covered quite a lot in the, the discussion, but I think it's for the listeners out there, stay safe, stay clean, and be happy. Thank yes. you, everyone.
1: Be happy, be content. Okay, so before we say goodbye, we'd like to thank Oasis Business Center, T for providing this venue for us. Uh, join us again next time on p where we get to know more about our Kababayans working and living in Shanghai.
0: If you would like to know more about Philcham Shanghai and how to join, you can follow our official WeChat account, which is philcham space sh or visit our website www.filchamp.org, or if you want to know more about our upcoming events or guidance on certain processes, you can also check the website for those things. So um, again, thank you for having, uh, thank you for being here, uh, Mr. John Calvin. You, um, this is Josh and Jeff signing off. Malam,